Welcome to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett, and on today's episode, we have Xenia, the CEO of Planable.io. So we cover in this episode topics on raising money. If you're an introvert, we look at the identification of a product and its needs. We look at scaling it out and stepping outside a business that might not be scalable to find one that is. And then also looking at different needs and use cases and why sometimes it's actually good to not analyze and not look at your competition. So if we need help though, with that content you're putting out that you want to amplify your message heard by more people, head over to marketingmogul.com.au. We've got you covered. But until then, let's jump into the show. Xenia, thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate you making the time. Thanks a lot for having me here on the show. Absolute pleasure. Now, I always like to ask the same question at the start of every podcast, which is if you and I met and we're at a party and we're chatting and I said, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer? An entrepreneur. That's how I introduce myself all the time. I'm a maker of things. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. And so tell us a little bit more about some of the most recent things that you've been making and kind of cooking up because you've got a pretty cool project that you've got going at the moment. Yeah. uh, So I'm the CEO and co-founder of Planable, which is a collaboration and workflow tool for social media teams. Before Planable, to give you a bit of of the backstory and why I started Planable, before Planable, I uh, had a social media marketing agency. And running that agency, that's where I actually bumped in the problem that we're currently solving with Planable for the first time. And the problem is just the entire back and forth that happens in uh, social media teams or really any content teams that need to coordinate content campaigns, marketing work. And uh, I was working in PowerPoints. And I, to be honest, I really didn't enjoy it. I didn't feel like it was the best environment to present work to clients, to get feedback from them, to get approvals from them before going live with the content. Together with my co-founders, we developed Planable to do just that, to offer social media managers an environment where they can mock up how their content is going to look like, preview it before it's live and have an environment where they can discuss content, uh, collaborate on it, review it, and then publish it in the end. That's the main product. That's the main project of my life that I'm currently focused on. But through Planable, We've launched a bunch of a bunch of other smaller projects. Like I currently run my own podcast called People of Marketing, where I interview top marketers about just the story of their life. Similarly to this conversation, a very, very casual conversation about what it means to be a marketer, how they got where they are today. Uh, so basically the more the human side of marketers, no trends, no strategies, topics, tactics, no work stuff almost. Amazing. And so what made you what made you shift? Because obviously you had an agency, yeah. an agency that was that was successful to what it did. And then what kind of drew you over to the the whole like really software side of things, I suppose? Um yeah, I think I was running my agency, but at the same time, I had a bunch of friends and even my former partner in the agency that I was running, he had a, a tech background, developers, software engineers. So I, I was familiar with this side of the world. And 
While I was running my agency, I realized that it's not as scalable. It's not as scalable of a business as a software company could be, obviously. With a software product, you could touch millions of lives. With an agency, the biggest kind of the biggest thing I could do with it was it would have been the biggest, the most uh, popular uh, social media marketing agency in in the region, potentially, you know, in Eastern Europe, let's say. And, and also just the work generally. I felt like I was working on a lot of projects and a lot of different businesses and many people in the agency world that are thriving like the agency world just because of that, just because of the fact that you, that the, the diversity, you know. my brain works differently. I like to focus on one thing, like one product, one project, one type of business and like really go deep into it. And I never could go deep into it, especially being social media marketing was something that a couple of years ago, wasn't really tied to the business goals. It was more like brand awareness. <laughs> and uh, we as an agency didn't have enough access to the client's data and the client's business goals and what's happening. So I felt like it was very, I felt like it was superficial and I, I needed to go deeper. And with Planable, first of all, it's super scalable being a software business. We have clients. I'm building the business from Romania, Eastern Europe. And most of our customers are in the US and Canada and the UK. So it's scalable. You can build it remote. And at the same time, it's you can go really deep into it and like dedicate your life to a specific thing. And so what was, so you, you had that agency and you decided to go into the software company and build that up. Like what were some of the, the hurdles you faced there? Because I know more and more now people are like, oh, software, as you say, like, Sounds great. It's scalable. It's awesome. Going to be a smooth ride. Surely it's just going to be easy for us to go and build this software now. What were some of the hurdles that you had to face along the way? Yeah, I thought it would be easier. It, it, it sounded so much easier than, than it actually was. You just build it, you put it out there and people will come. No, <laughs> uh, I guess I didn't estimate how hard was the entire, uh, that might sound uh, ironical, the entire marketing side, <laughs> ironical, me being, you know, a, a marketer and leading the marketing business. I, I didn't realize how much, how big that part of the, of the business is and the go to market and finding, getting clients. And also just because running an agency, you needed a bunch of clients. You needed just a few clients to be profitable and get going. The scale of, the, of a software business is totally different. Like the, over, I mean, the margins are higher definitely than with an agency for sure, but you need lots and lots and lots of customers because the price point is different. You're, the size of the contracts are different, especially if your product is targeting small businesses. They pay $100 a month, whilst with an agency, it's a completely different thing. So you need a lot, a lot, a lot of volume. And that means a lot of investment in marketing. But I love it. It's a challenge, but I think that's one of the parts that I really, really enjoy. You know, I can really put my marketing brains into, into the business. And that's one of the parts of the business that I really um i enjoy doing and what's been like the best channel for you for customer acquisition sinking your teeth into it obviously with the social background but has that like was that your best channel for acquisition or what's kind of driven like you guys the biggest volume of clients yeah, luckily it was the inbound type of channels that drove the most uh, the most acquisition for us. It con content marketing and blog and SEO and and website and social media, basically all the things I 
knew how to do more or less before from, from my own agency. And I say luckily because one of the things that I really didn't enjoy when I was running my agency was was sales. I, I felt that was that was excruciating for me. <laughs> Doing sales wasn't one of the things that I enjoyed back in my agency life. But I think that's because the service itself, selling social media and content services a few years, five, 10 years ago was tough. It was really tough, you know, especially if the market wasn't educated uh, with the value of this service. So that explains why it was so, so tough for me. But at the same time, I feel like inbound makes a bit more sense for my introverted self rather than outbound, like putting myself out there is, is tough. That's when, you know, one of the issues and one of my ch- personal challenges with running a business is fundraising, going out there, putting yourself out there. It's, it's, it's tough. I mean, I do it. I've raised three rounds so far, and it, but it, it doesn't come natural. You need to put yourself in that mood and build yourself up and, and that for that particular situation. And that's, you know, why luckily for Planable, the inbound channels have worked. Now we're trying to build outbound as well, and we're <laughs> bringing in professionals to teach us how to do this because it's not one of my expertise, and I definitely it's not definitely one that I like enjoy tackling by myself. I think that's like it's it's so relevant for a lot of people because we work with a lot of agency owners as well. We have an agency ourselves, and yeah, I'm on your side. I'm on the introverted side. Like getting over the sales process part was like the, probably the biggest hurdle for me to get over as well. So I feel your pain on that side of things. Um, I'd love to ask this question in relation to the fundraising side of things. Being that you were, you are a more introverted person, it's harder to get out there. How did you go about going through some of those fundraising processes? Like what was your kind of game plan that you went, went in with? Yeah, I think, again, I didn't go into mass outreach. I relied more on the relationships that I've already built. So basically, you know, as an introvert, you have to lean into your strengths. And my strengths are building one-on-one relationships, like meeting people and getting to know them personally. Like I, I can't go into, I didn't go into like pitching events that much when I was fundraising. It was more like one-on-one because that's, that's what I, that's what works a bit better for me at being an introvert. I've done pitching events before I started fundraising, like before we went through an accelerator and all of that. But for the fundraising process, I relied a lot on the connections that I've already had and I have already nurtured across the years. So one of our lead investors, I met him at, at, the accelerator that we went through, Techstars in London. So I met him, I kept in touch with him. And when we opened our round, I, I connected with him. And also one of the things that I, one other thing that I leaned into heavily was my my diligence and my discipline in terms of, I, I consider myself, one of my advantages I, is the fact that I'm extremely disciplined with the work that I do. So I had this huge very well organized spreadsheet, uh, basically a CRM where I was managing everything and keeping, you know, everything organized. And I think that helped me from a process perspective very well because I could, I was doing my research very, very well on the investors. It wasn't just, hey, I opened this round. Are you interested in this project? No, I'm reaching out to you because I saw that you invested in this product. It's a product that they have a similar thesis or a similar category or a similar vision to ours. You know, it's a collaboration product. 
or a productivity product, or it helps, it empowers creators. And that's, we believe in that ourselves. And I think you'd be interested in what we're doing because of that. And I think you have to be self-aware as an entrepreneur of where your strength is and where you, uh, your weaknesses are, and you have to play into your strength. If you're if you're an extrovert, maybe events and going, meeting new people, meeting investors, that might work well for you. If you're an introvert, go into research and like potentially network online because that's a bit more comfortable for introverts uh, usually. And go into, you know, deep research and lean into the connections that you have. I think that's the best way to, to go. I think that's some great advice there. And it's always just like doubling down on what you're good at is, I think, it, you can't go wrong with that. Now, like on the on the side of the product itself, how did you how did you go about trying to find a point of differentiation? Because obviously, there's a few products out there that people might be like are similar to. So, like, what when you guys were going through the process of developing this, like, what were some of the things that you looked at and said, "Hmm, this is how we can kind of make things better." for the end end user so we were aware of the competition because you know being in the industry i i knew buffer and hootsuite and sprout social and all the other products in the social media space but when we started developing planable we didn't really look at the competition we just designed a product that we would have loved using ourselves myself and my previous agency, my co-founders and the agencies that they, they have worked in. So we did look at what the competition was doing. And <laughs> we were actually thinking that what we're doing was 100% unique and there's no anyone else out there that is doing anything similar. And doing research afterwards, we discovered that there's a few other startups that were trying to solve the same problem as we were. I think it's good that we didn't do that research. I don't know if my, uh, you know, if we would have persisted with the idea knowing that there's competition, fierce competition out there. We might have gave up with the idea. And I, I think it's good that we didn't look into the competition too much because in the end, we ended up with a product that is very, very different. I think you're very ten tempted to build things if you look into the competition too much, whilst if you develop a product with your own vision in mind and talking to your customers, asking them what... Building a B2B product is amazing because you can just ask people what they want. And if you don't look at the competition in the end, you're probably going to end up with something different. And we did end up, we're solving the same problem, but we ended up with something very different from our, from our competition. And in the end, the competition and their product, they, it's a reflection of all the decisions that they have made in the past. So it's basically a reflection of the past. You don't know where they're going in the future. So you have to follow your own vision and build for your own future. And maybe, you know, in a year, they're going to follow you because you ended up, you know, building something unique. And what is, what's in the future for Planable? What's uh, anything new and exciting <laughs> coming up? That's a nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for us, the, the, the mission is for Planable to become the standard for creative collaboration. That's where we want to go. So you're a marketer, you produce a lot of content. Some of that content is social media, some of the other content is video, long form, newsletters, ads, everything. We want to be the OS, the operating system 
for your content, basically. That's the future of Planable, I think. And hopefully we're going to get there in, in a few years. I think you got, with you at the helm, I think you guys are going to get there. Sounds, sounds like some <laughs> exciting times ahead. Now, I always like to ask the same question as we get towards the end of our time here together, which is, is there a question that I didn't ask you that I should have? Oof. I don't know. I don't think so. You know, this being a, such a casual conversation, I think it went smoothly and very naturally. I don't have anything top of mind. That's good. If that's uh, if I tick all the boxes, I'm I'm happy with that. Now, <laughs> if people are listening, because we do have a lot of as an agency, small business owners, things like that, that listen to the podcast and they want to find out more about what's happening at Planable and, and maybe check it out, where's the best place for them to go, for them to look, for them to kind of connect and learn more? Yeah. Uh, so if they want to connect with me, I hang out on LinkedIn the most. So send me a connection request. Let me know that you heard me on this podcast and I'd be more than happy to chat with you. And if you're interested in Planable and want to take it for a spin, go to our website, planable.io with one N. <laughs> yeah, check out the product. We have a free plan. You can play around with the product as much as, you, as you'd like. And yeah, then we have a few couple of paid plans if you're interested to stick around with us. Amazing. So guys, wherever you're watching or listening to this, check out the show notes above or below to the side, wherever they are. And you can go and check out those links and connect on LinkedIn or go and check out the website as well. And now maybe you know someone who hasn't been that good at prepping their content. Make sure you share this episode with them. Or if you know someone, maybe they're going through a similar journey where they're kind of looking at how they can step out of a, a business and build into something more scalable and they benefit from hearing this story. Please make sure you share this episode with them as well but again i'd love to say thank you so much for joining us today really appreciate you making the time and uh, sharing your story yeah thanks a lot for having me here i really enjoyed our chat amazing thank you mm -hmm.